0: Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say I have Breach here today. How, how's it going, Breach? Very well, Tom. Reach, obviously you're a senior e-commerce and digital marketing consultant. Can you tell us all a little bit about what that means and a little bit about yourself, please?
1: Sure. So yeah, I'm a senior e-commerce and digital marketing consultant with uh, Magico, which is a technology company uh, based in Ennis, County Clare. So I work on that side of the house and I also um, consult for myself under the Little Rock Digital brand as well. So that's what I'm currently doing. Um, I have been in digital for a very long time. Um, I started out in AIB back in 2006 on the very early um, iteration of the digital marketing project there on the personal portal. So I was very fortunate, you know, to come in after college into a new uh, an emerging area, I guess. Um, and I just really liked it. And I've been in digital ever since, Um, and, you know, worked for lots of different companies um, in Ireland and in Australia, um, and, you know, built up some really fun um, and exciting experience along the way.
0: Brilliant. And Bridge. obviously, you have different touch points in your career of different areas, but what would you see as your main traffic driver, so to speak, in digital? What would be your main area of work?
1: That's so interesting, Um, and I think it really depends on... The type of client or the type of role that you're in, I think for me, um, given that I started out, you know, in the early days of digital marketing, um, you know, when when tools were really just first starting to be implemented, like Google Ads, for example, and Google Analytics and whatnot, um, I got a really good foundation in you know the setup of the channels. Um, so I think if I'm if I'm if I'm looking at my strength there, it's really I suppose that foundational aspect, you know, from uh, the functional. on on each of those channels, how they work on the site, how they work together, uh, and then also, I suppose, how to make them perform for your campaigns and for your business. Um, My personal preference, I suppose, um, I love email, Um, I love CRM, I think particularly for apparel and luxury businesses, it's really, really rich what you can do um, in terms of building a relationship with your your, uh, customer. you know, you've got the data on them, you know, they, they want to hear from you, those that are opted in. So it's a really, really rich opportunity. So I love email, um, but a little bit more of a left field one that I also love is affiliate marketing. And I think it's a bit of a poor relation sometimes in the Irish market. Not a lot of brands are using it, um, but I've had great experiences with affiliates over the years and, and you know, driven some really, really strong campaigns and, and uh, cost-effective results, um, you know, particularly for apparel companies again um, it's really really strong so I enjoyed working on that
0: as well. Love that love that and obviously we'll start with email there before we go into the affiliate side of things but with email do you want to do you have a process on how you would approach a company let's stick in there the apparel kind of industry so would you build a kind of roadmap of you know just an email journey the automated emails what Do you have like a certain system that you kind of apply that you um, could talk about a little bit?
1: Yeah, I suppose for um, the apparel companies and businesses I've been in, I was always pretty fortunate to have large databases, um, you know, with a decent ability to segment and automate. Um, So luckily I've, I've, you know, had that available to me. So my process, I suppose, would be always to, you know, have that foundational aspect of automated campaigns in place, your happy birthdays, your welcome back, your, we haven't heard from you in a while. Um, those automated campaigns... Um, and then also for apparel and for retail businesses in general your campaign emails are so important so your content needs to be really really strong so I suppose that's the the nice creative side of digital marketing that I also enjoy which is thinking about content campaigns um, thinking about what's topical um, you know in the market and also I suppose crucially for e-commerce businesses what's going to drive the needle and and actually hit the forecasts Um, so a key part of my email marketing process we will be trying to you know plan effective email um against a target so it's really important as you know for e-commerce businesses to have a monthly target what financials do you want to hit um and you know what email marketing are you putting in place to try and support that be that you know trading campaigns or content pieces or particularly particular products that you want to highlight or particular categories that are going very well for you um, and you want to back them with a little bit more activity um, so I'm not sure that answers that question, John. But it's um, yeah, it's,
0: it's I'd look at both. It def- no, it definitely does. And you kind of mentioned some really important areas, especially when it comes to automation about reactivating kind of users and suggesting also like kind of products as well. Do you have mm-hmm. any kind of preferences or any kind of areas you want to highlight in those type of journeys that you think are oh, there are really good? acquisition tool for sales or for leads or is there any areas that you want to highlight there
1: i think a really nice touch and if we're looking at relationships with customers which is so important and is obviously you know the whole you know central to the the point of email marketing um it's important to give those little gestures um like the happy birthday it's so simple to implement if you have that data point um in your in your database um And it's just a lovely little treat that, that that works. And if a customer doesn't use the code, you know they've still had that lovely little outreach. It's a you know a nice soft touch um treat for the customer. So I think that's a really really simple one that retailers can implement if they have the data. If they don't have the data, you know it's it's a simple email to go back out and say, guys you want to share your birthday um and you will will send you a treat on the day there's some retailers doing that really well even in the irish market i i spotted that um so so happy birthday is a really nice one um and also a abandoned basket is really key um you know i've had amazing conversion rates on abandoned basket emails over the years um and like i mean as we know shopping behavior and ux tracking will always show you people abandon baskets for lots of reasons they don't necessarily decide they don't want it and head off Um, you know sometimes it's just you know it could be anything so the abandoned basket email and, and sometimes email series um can work very well so you know you could send out your your abandoned basket initial email and you could follow up with one um you know if that wasn't acted on with the discount code if you were that type of brand and that was right for your business so i suppose those are are the two foundational automated campaigns that, that I would see as really important. Um, but depending on the quality of your data again and the size of your database, I mean if you've got five hundred emails, you know, I wouldn't go down the automated route. Don't focus your energy there. Um, but for bigger databases, you know, there's some exciting things you can do um in terms of automations. Um, and you know if you're lucky enough to have Um, you know, someone in the email service provider, um, you know, that that can work on your account. You can do great things there with them as well, with their their advice and guidance on your particular data.
0: Really well said. I always feel as well with email marketing, sometimes timing can be key. You know, um, we've all been there where we've probably got an email when we were scrolling our phone, like brainlessly. At some point, and clicked through and went on the page, and probably ended up buying something as an impulse All buy. Time. <laughs> um, but it, it is amazing how you know there's often emails that I would receive, um, especially you know if there's been no work to 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 identify your optimal times. Because I know that's quite a popular one in email providers now. But if you have like an international yeah. database and you're receiving an email at three o'clock in the morning they're the ones that you're Mm -hmm. most likely to unsubscribe to as well. So time is such a a great area to to be aware of.
1: Yeah, and testing, I suppose, will reveal that. Um, And, you know, some of the email service providers have that automated time of day testing, um, you know, built in. So that is a really good one to do. Um, I remember like a good number of years ago when iPads were the, you know, toy du jour, and then just sort of started to come in. And um, I saw the rise in email marketing success on a Sunday. Um, and we were like, what, "What? what's happening? Where is our email so well interacted with on a Sunday? And it really closely overlapped with um, with ipad traffic peaking on a sunday as well um, so people were just you know in their downtime on a sunday browsing on their ipad and you know, were more likely to maybe give your email a chance and <laughs> have a look at it but since that obviously phones have got bigger and people are interacting you know on their actual iphone now so it sounded like a bit of a dinosaur saying that but um, i just thought it was an interesting insight from from that um, particular trend
0: yeah it really is and you're, you're, you're spot on i, I think sunday Um, I don't know if it's still the case, but it definitely was a year or so ago where it was the most, the highest converting day in general for retail. And it's because, you know, when you think of your Sunday evenings, the vast majority of us do have downtime at that time. Mm -hmm. One of the only periods where, you know, the vast majority do. So that makes Mm perfect sense. Uh, Let me ask you a little bit about affiliates, Breach. So you Mm -hmm. you mentioned the Irish market. In, in when, when you were talking earlier, where we haven't really mm-hmm. taken up the affiliate market. I know if you go to, I, I share a sale as one of the recent platforms I'd be aware of in affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. It's always, well, it, it seems like a big adaptation in America, but it's not really something in particular Ireland used too much. Um, do you see any opportunities there? Do you see it as something that Irish business could go into?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think affiliates is such a no-brainer. Um, and I suppose for different reasons, um, the markets are quite different. Um, I think the US was very uh, receptive to affiliate marketing from the get-go because it's a very coupon-based um, market. You know, people are used to couponing in their offline behaviors. Um, so they're used to looking for discounts you know, online and will use codes and will use browser extensions that, you know, pre-populate the codes even so affiliates particularly copious sites um you know found a receptive audience in the us a little bit more i suppose in in, in in britain um when you have you've also got the big voucher code sites which are i suppose a big percentage of um you know the traffic on you know the, the, the affiliate network so yeah. you know that's that that's quite popular there but i suppose depending on who your target audience is in the Irish market if you're um you know if you're retailing internationally for example and that's an opportunity to you know to be placed and um, you know it's something worth looking at. Um having said that I suppose not all brands want to be on voucher code sites um and the trend i suppose in affiliates is is you know the rise of 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 content sites as well as about your code guys and i remember i suppose back in in the airwear days um it used to be really difficult you know we were a fashion company we wanted to be on the content sites um and it was difficult to get those placements even though we had you know good fashion stories and you know good imagery and you know good launch schedules and everything it was different to get difficult To get the uh you know the content placements because it just wasn't the the proliferation of content sites but that is really changing now with you know some of the big publishers newspapers and whatnot catching on um and trying to monetize their content their, their advertorial type content or their affiliate content so a bit more opportunity in that regard now um and then obviously influencers has completely blown that wide open um because those guys are very savvy and you know some of them will be connected to, to, to platforms that'll, that'll manage their commissions for them. Um, and you have that opportunity then with them as well. So yeah, it's, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there.
0: Yeah. Outbrain is obviously one of the big ones you see out there nowadays for mm-hmm. the publication sites. Um, how, do you have any recommendation for working with them from a, from an Irish business point of view in, in general?
1: And I personally haven't worked with Outbrain. I've looked at it a lot um, in different businesses. What I always, I suppose, find is that it was quite expensive. Sorry if there's anybody from Outbrain listening. <laughs> <No worries. laughs> it was quite an expensive uh, option. Um, what I did always have excellent success with was um, on Rakuten, uh, Rakuten Linkshare, um, which is, I suppose, the, the affiliate network that I'd be most familiar with. And it is very, very well suited to to luxury brands and to apparel brands, um, you know, because they have those big publishers on there and they've got, you know, really good retailers on there too. And um, so I'd be more familiar with them. But I do see the art- articles pop up. But, you know, uh, uh, depending on your business, it can be very appropriate. Like if you're a wine retailer, for example, you know, there's some lovely articles floating around about, you know, nice places to go in the Rioja region and whatnot. So, yeah, it depends on your vertical, I would say.
0: Yeah, really well said. And obviously, to, to move away slightly from email and affiliates, is there any particular softwares you use for reporting or your digital work as a whole?
1: Um, my main go-to that I would, I suppose, recommend as the holy grail, and I use quite a lot, obviously, is Google Analytics. Um, I think if you're in digital or e-commerce or in that space at all, you need to be you need to be in there every day, um, and you need to be very familiar with it. Um, I mean, you're always learning, and there's obviously a new GA4 coming out, which, you know, we're going to have to all upscale on. Yeah. But I think yeah. from the technology perspective, maybe it's not Google Analytics. Maybe you've got um, Adobe or something else implemented on your site, but um, I think that's definitely a a must from a technology perspective.
0: Yeah. I noticed that the GA4 training on your LinkedIn as well, which is, yeah, it's great to see because we only have a year left of the traditional, let's call it traditional Google Analytics account. Yeah, it, yeah. It'd be an interesting time seeing that transition uh, and how people adapt to the new opportunities that GA4 presents. Yeah.
1: And there's some good training out there that I've seen um, from different um providers so yeah we're just all gonna have to roll up our sleeves and get on with it. i think the best advice someone said to me last year um was just set up your ga4 profile now even if you don't look at it yeah. just set it up um because it'll start you know it will start doing a thing taking over um and then when you're ready to get in there you know when you've got that afternoon to sit down and listen to the webinar and train yourself up on it um you're, you're gonna have some data um, so that's what I'll be doing as well.
0: Yeah, really well said. And obviously, looking at yourself for a second, Breach, is there any particular areas you're looking to upskill yourself into and why?
1: Um, I love to do a little bit more on the, actually on the creative side. Um, I, I suppose I've been e-commerce for years and years and digital marketing for years and years. But... You know, for my own self, I'm quite interested in, in the creative side, maybe doing a little bit of training on video editing, maybe doing a little bit of training on podcasting. Um, more for my own self than anything professional. Um, but I just see so much of it out there at the minute, and it's a really nice creative outlet. So that's, that's something I'm thinking about.
0: Completely agree. Do it. No question. Um, <laughs> Reach, is there any areas in the digital industry as a whole that really excites you that might be coming in the future, tech-wise or
1: anything else? Um, do you know what I'm so delighted by? Um, and it's not necessarily tech, it's um, the rise of the small retailer online, um, particularly in the Irish market. I'm just so delighted. Obviously, COVID was horrendous um, for many businesses and it was you know, a really, really tough time, but there were some, I suppose, green shoots in that the influence that it had on, um, on on digital and the government supports as well for that, I suppose, really helped some smaller businesses get online that mightn't have done it um, otherwise. Um, and I suppose what that helps is, helps do is, is give us options as consumers to choose, you know, and, you know, be considered as to where we put our money, um, you know, where we're spending you know think about the local retailer the same guy you're going to go and ask for a sponsorship for for the jerseys or whatever um you know are you spending your money there um and i think that's really exciting that those retailers across the regional towns of ireland are really you know getting on board with that and um, you know, providing better options for Irish consumers to shop online, and, you know, we can keep our, keep our money local in that way. Now, obviously, having said that, there's some amazing international players, too, um, but it's nice to be able to pick and choose and be kind of considerate as to what businesses you support because they've come through a really tough time, and, you know, you know, we, we want those businesses to still exist um, long into the future, so I'm delighted by that. Yeah,
0: I, and I'd like to echo that, you know, I, I definitely think in the after the pandemic there was a movement towards you know payless uh sorry, cashless sorry i should say cashless uh, yeah. transactions everywhere now has a kind of express set up to take cards which yeah. was needed that means you know i think personally i've started paying a lot more just using my phone never mind bringing around a wallet it's those kind of small steps and especially for a small business and and over here, we were so great at supporting local businesses and really using that message over the pandemic months that I, mm-hmm. I think if the data is now analyzed for a lot of businesses and um, there is there is growth there, there is a lot of growth quite quickly if, if, if business owners want to take
1: it up, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, it is a golden opportunity with the... A horror show that is Brexit as well. Um, you know that for Irish mar- Irish retailers to capitalize on our own domestic market.
0: Completely agree. Yeah, and yeah, going just being the the hub between the US and Europe. You know we can be that mm-hmm. that um, that country to to supply that. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity at the moment if if you want to look at it that way. You know. Um yeah. Lastly, breach. We always ask the same question to end the show, which is. If you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself and you could pass on to others, what would it be?
1: This is a really difficult one, Tom, because no one obviously likes to blow their own trumpet. So what what I'm going to say is a good thing and a bad thing. (laughs) I am a retail obsessive. I love um, shopping online. I love shopping offline. um, And I really, I suppose, follow closely what retail brands that i'm interested in are doing um you know online and offline so i you know he'll be interested in random businesses here there and everywhere and and online as well um which is which is a great thing because it means then that um you know you're very close to what's happening in the market and when i've i suppose had teams or had people you know working on my team i would have kind of tried to, to 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 promote that you know watch your competitors um and that's very much an apparel business thing it's really drummed into you on a monday morning trade it's like what happened in the guy across the street what, what was he doing what was his trading pattern um so i think that's really that's a, a really good skill to have um and you know watch your direct competitors yeah and understand their trading patterns but then also know who your inspiration set are um you know if you're, for example, not to keep going back to it, but if you're an apparel company, you're, you're probably looking at someone who's your direct competitor in terms of their trading. Were they in 30% off over the weekend or, you know, is it two for one on something? But then also from a digital perspective, it's really important to, you know, um, watch the inspiration guys. So you're also looking at net porter You're looking at, I suppose, ASOS from a functionality perspective and you're really understanding what's, what accident looks like. Um, so I would do that um, and it's bad for my bank balance but good for the old market understanding I suppose <laughs> what a
0: lovely way to end the show of Breach thank you so <laughs> much for being on the show um, no worries, yeah,
1: Tom. you've
0: been fantastic and yeah I'm sure everyone listening will love to hear what you have to say
1: thanks so much and well done with the show I've listened to a good few of the episodes now and really enjoyed it.